Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hashtag no music, no intro. We are doing an early morning episode with one of our favorite guests. The hashtag syncs for the podcast is ecstatic to have Greg Cosell of NFL Films. Uh, if you don't know Greg, he is... I would say a film savant Uh, before (laughs) Ryan and I even started doing this podcast, you know, we would spend, you know, text messages talking about Greg's breakdown of prospects. Um, We've talked about Greg over the years, always been a big fan of his Um, NFL matchups. He is doing his own podcast, the, the install, you can catch him on Ross Tucker's podcast. Um, He also does great work with inside the birds. I know it's, this is a saints podcast, but he also does great, great work. I'm talking about the Philadelphia Eagles. Thank you so much for coming on again, Greg. I believe this is now your third appearance on this hashtag Saints Twitter podcast. So we're actually doing a video show. Thank you for being on. Really appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me. Thanks. Uh, So we're going to get right into it in terms of the 2023 Saints um, looking forward on paper, they look like they have put together a, a decent team that can compete, that should be able to compete in the NFC South and potentially in the NFC as a as a potentially weaker, lesser conference. For right out the bat, I think the big question I'm going to ask is, what did you see on film last year with Derek Carr? Because my my opinion is that the Saints will only go as far as Derek Carr um, can take them as 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 a quarterback taking over um, the face of the team. You know, it, it's funny. I was looking at their roster, obviously, knowing I was doing this. I've been so focused on the draft, obviously. And, um, you know, so I haven't really been studying NFL rosters in detail over the last month or so, you know, pretty much since the season ended. Um, and I got to tell you, I think they have a pretty good roster. I mean – Obviously, the quarterback situation, you know, was, you know, didn't quite work out the way they anticipated that it would a year ago. And theoretically, they've addressed that. Um, You know, I think last year was kind of a, it it was kind of an odd year because offensively, they never seemed to really get on track. Um, You know, and I think that that's, you know, it's hard to win in this league when your offense is is week to week. and, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I'm actually, as we're talking, re-looking at their roster and, you know, I don't know what you guys think, but, you know, obviously they, they need young players to, to continue to, to improve, which is always the plan when you draft young players. I mean, certainly they need Trevor Penning to become a starting left tackle. He lost most of his rookie season to injury. Um, yeah. You know, they, they drafted Ryan Brasid this year in the first round. I would expect they would they would want him to be a starting defensive tackle from the get-go. You know, there's certain things you expect from younger players. At some point, they have to play well, and then they have to, you know, carry their weight. But this is a pretty good team. So I'm really curious because, you know, I think defensively they're going to be very good. Dennis Allen is really, really good as a, as a defensive coach. I know he's the head coach, but it's his defense. Um, and, you know, I think uh, – 
I think this could be a really interesting year in a division that we don't really know right now. I mean, it, it, it appears not to be one of the stronger divisions in the league. Right, right. And one of the things um, when when they signed Derek Carr, one of the things they talked about, Derek Carr talked about, Pete Carmichael, pretty much everybody, even Drew Brees talked about Derek Carr's ability to uh, adjust at the line of scrimmage, you know, going to uh, go the line of scrimmage with two or three plays, being able to check from one to another based on what he's saying from the defense. They didn't have that last year. And that's something the Saints offense has, you know, had for years with Drew Brees, obviously. So they talked about that being like a big strength that they didn't have last year where they can kind of adjust at the line and, you know, based on what the defenses are doing. Does Derek Carr, does he have that ability? Has he had that ability with the Raiders? And I think that's critical now, Ryan, in the NFL. You know, again, I don't use the word great, as you guys know. You know, just I don't throw that word out there. But I think to be a higher level quarterback in the NFL nowadays – you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to win a lot of snaps before the ball is snapped, you know, mm-hmm. and and Derek Carr certainly has that capability. I'm sure they'll give him that freedom at the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, he's he's been playing now, what, is this his ninth or tenth year? He's somewhere in that range, yeah, isn't he? Something like that. I mean, so he's played a lot of football, and he's been a starter for a long time. And, you know, I think that he certainly can do that. Um, from everything you hear about Derek Carr, he, he's a football guy all the way, smart, aware. Um, you know, I think that that's a critical piece of an offensive puzzle uh, in today's NFL because defenses have become so detailed, so nuanced, so subtle in a lot of things that they do that you need your quarterback. And obviously young, young quarterbacks can't do this yet, and that's why they're susceptible to certain things. But, you know, you'd expect right. a veteran quarterback to be able to go to the line of scrimmage, see an indicator, see a key, you know, see a guy just one yard where he's not supposed to be and know that, hey, something's up and be able to – get out of a play or check to a play or whatever it is that they do. You know, I love the way people decide that they know exactly what a quarterback's doing by watching it on TV. No one knows that. But um, the point is, is you want your quarterback (laughs) to be able to do that. And, uh, and Derek Carr certainly is capable of that. Uh, I want to get back to, you talked about the Saints draft and them drafting Brian Brees in the first round. Um, I read. I was reading your your scouting report on him on on the third on the thirty third last night, and something that stood out to me is you kind of mentioned that he has the ability to play a one gap scheme or a two gap scheme in terms of from the interior. Um, I would just, from our listeners' perspective, who may don't know like the ex, you know extensive X and O's of football, can you like in simplistic terms like what the difference is between those like the two attacking positions on the defensive sure. line if it's a one gap scheme or a two gap scheme. Yeah, the first thing you notice about Brissett, and, and I was on the field at the combine, is he is a big dude. Um, yeah, he you know, is. he's almost six <laughs> six. He's close to three hundred pounds. He's a big man, um, and he looks the part. So the difference with a one gap and a two gap. So one gap, more often than not, is results from what we call uh, um, under fronts. Okay, or or over fronts. It's it's basically an even front, meaning that defensive linemen line up in gaps, not head up over an offensive lineman. So per se, he could probably play it as a one technique, which means he'd be lining up in a gap between a center and a guard, or he could play it as a three technique where he'd be lining up in a gap 
just off the guard's outside shoulder, so essentially between the guard and an offensive tackle. That's the one-gap element because you're lining up in a gap, and normally when you do that, you're penetrating right at the snap of the ball. You're not waiting to see what happens. You're penetrating. And then obviously you dictate how the offensive line blocks and your linebackers work off that. Second-level defenders will work off that. If you're playing two-gap, more often than not, that's what we call odd fronts, where let's say you'll have a nose tackle who's head up on an offensive center, and you'll have, let's say, defensive tackles who could be head up on offensive guards. And what happens there is you're not shooting into a gap because you're head up on an offensive lineman. You are basically hand fighting with the, the offensive lineman right in front of you and sort of peeking and seeing where the ball goes. In a, on a running play in particular, and then you have to play off that contact with the offensive lineman and go make a play on the ball. So the term we use for that is you want to control and displace the offensive lineman so you can go make a play. Brisset showed the ability to do both those things when he was in college at Clemson. Interesting. And one thing we, me and Adam, you know, we've been able to kind of figure out the Saints prototype. Um, as far as like a lot of their, a lot of their players, a lot of their prospects, but definitely the defensive line. They like long, big, fast players on the D line. Six five, six six. You saw yep. it with guys like Mar- Marcus Davenport, Peyton Turner. You know Cam Jordan. They like these big guys instead of the kind of tweener types that uh, you know that some people do like. Um, is is there like a method method to that that you see on film like? having those big, long guys, because we kind of go back and forth with the fans. Like, is it a good thing that they do that? Like, because the, the Saints defense has kind of struggled with a lot of the really mobile quarterbacks like the Jalen Hurts. But, look, a lot of people struggle with that also. But at the same time, it's like, is it better to, you know, have like a tweener, like a Nolan Smith or, you know, Hassan Reddick or something like that to kind of, you know, have both elements to your defense? Um, I mean, that's a philosophy, Ryan, you know, (laughs) I mean, I think, I think Dennis Allen probably feels that schematically he can handle that, you know, handle Mm -hmm. those kinds of quarterbacks. Um, you know, I haven't done a study of every game they played against quarterbacks that would be considered mobile, but, you know, I think because he's a really good schemer, he probably thinks that schematically he can take care of that. Um, you know, it's clear when you look at their roster now and the players that they have that they've got a lot of length up front. Not only mm-hmm. Brissett, but Isaiah Foskey, 6'5". He's another player yeah. whose tape I really like coming out of Notre Dame. I mean, they still have Peyton Turner. He seems to be a forgotten man. He's big. Uh, they still have uh, Passignon. He's big. Um, you know, they've got, you know, obviously Cam Jordan's been there forever and he's a great player. Yeah. Um, you know, Granderson is built differently, but he's long as well. So, yeah. you know, Obviously, it's something that they prefer to have, um, you know, so that teams, there are certain teams that like certain styles of play. It's like teams that say, well, we're not drafting a corner under six feet. You know, it becomes a philosophy. Yeah. And, right. you know, you pass sometimes on players that may end up being great players. You know, that happened with Aaron Donald for a lot of teams because Aaron yeah. Donald is not six feet three. I remember right, having a right. great conversation with a defensive line coach the year he came out. and. 
he didn't like Donald a lot uh, for any number of reasons. And I said, and I liked him. That doesn't make me smarter than he is. But I mean, I remember see, you know, talking to him a few years later and he said, man, you were right on Aaron Donald. You know, that stuff's a philosophy. So, and there's many different philosophies and many different approaches. And if something doesn't work, it's always easy to say they're wrong. But, you know, that's that after the fact is always easy. Anybody can do that. You know, clearly they have a philosophy. This is what they want. And this is the way they feel they can do what they want to do best. You you brought up a great point on on Foskey and Peyton Turner, because both Ryan and I said after that draft pick that it may be a slight indictment of their thoughts of where Peyton Turner is in his career. Um, yep. Both Ryan, Ryan and I loved Foskey's tape from when we watched it. It was like the antithesis antis- of Peyton Turner's tape when he got drafted from our perspective. What did you see? from Foskey as a prospect from, from Notre Dame. Cause I feel like this draft, they really re- reworked their defensive line. They, they signed two defensive tackles and free agency. Um, they're trying to get pressure up front. What does Foskey bring to the team defensively? Yeah. Foskey, uh, Adam, he really looks the part now. I mean, he has a lean compact frame. He looks streamlined. I mean, he looks like he was just, you know, made in a lab. I mean, he's, He's straight line athletic. I mean, that's what he is. He's not really a true bender. So he's a speed to power guy as a pass rusher. He's got long arms. Um, You know, they're 34 inches, which is really good for arm length. He's got strong hands, heavy hands, um, but he's not necessarily a, a bender. You know, he's not a flexible pass rusher. The question is, you know, in their defense, do they see him playing as a stand-up player or do they see him playing with his hand on the ground? Um, You may know more about that than I, I don't know how they see him. Um, But I think that he has pass rush traits to develop and cultivate. He's not there right now, but he's a really athletic guy with a great frame. I mean, he's got size length, he's athletic. He can be deployed in multiple ways. I mean, in 2021, Uh, under a different defensive coaching staff, he played a lot of stacked linebacker. Now, I don't think they see him as a stacked linebacker. In 2022, with a different staff, he played almost exclusively on the ball, on the edge, both in a two-point stance and in a three-point stance. Yeah, and that's interesting you mentioned the uh, two-point stance, standing up, um, because I noticed that too, watching him, he was standing up a lot. And I mean, the Saints have shown willingness to be flexible with that. Um, yeah, like I think they would prefer you be in a three-point stance. But if you know, if you're at best at your two-point stance, they let you do it and kind of just learn on the job, you know. But uh, yeah, and and, and, and yeah. that gets back that gets back Ryan to the point of how they see him overall. I mean, you know, obviously he's a second-round pick, so. When you draft someone in the second round, you would at least think that, hey, maybe they have a chance to start. Okay, maybe. You know, you you see how it goes through the OTAs and training camp. But we know Cam Jordan's going to start on one side at DN. The question is, who starts on the other side at DN? You know, when they're in their base defense, and however percentage of snaps you're in your base, maybe it's 25%, 35%. That depends, of course, on your opponent as well. Um, And the opponents you face, I guess, will find – you guys know who they're facing. We don't know the the schedule yet. That comes out in a couple of right. days. But, you know, 
the question is, can he line up as the other defensive end? Now, even if he's the other defensive end, if he's more comfortable in a two-point stance, they may say, hey, play in a two-point stance if that's the way you're more comfortable. You know, I don't think there's they're going to have a rule that states you better be in a three-point stance or else. You know, the, right. the question is, uh, what's he more comfortable doing? I personally thought his traits came out better in a two-point stance. That, that was just my okay. sense of watching the tape. Right. Yeah. Um, we, we hit on the offense and uh, uh, last season and it was some, it, it was a bad offensive football and, and whether that be <laughs> the offensive line, the offensive line being injured uh, injuries to Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. I was at the San Francisco game um, in person where they didn't score a single point. Um, so it, they really have gone this off season to try to address that getting Derek Carr, signing Jamal Williams, and in the draft, they they drafted uh, Keandre Miller um, out of TCU in the third round. And in the sixth round, they traded back into the sixth round and drafted um, A.T. Perry. Can you just, if you had thoughts in, uh, on, Perry, or, sorry, on Perry and Miller's prospects, what they potentially could bring to the Saints offense that does need a lot of juice? Well, I would think starting, let's start with Miller. I would think if all goes well, Miller's not playing a lot of snaps because mm-hmm. – they signed Jamal Williams, who last year now he's not going to get 270 snaps with the uh, with the Saints. But I would think that Jamal Williams and Kamara would be their backfield combination. Now, you know, Kamara does have a little bit of an injury history here and there, so you know, obviously that made sense for them to draft Kendra Miller um, out of TCU, um, who's kind of an interesting back because he's got some explosive traits to him. He, he's not really a sustainer, but they don't need him to be a sustainer because they've got Jamal Williams. You know, even though he's 215 pounds, to me, his tape was much more that of a scat back than of a strong, physical, tough runner. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he had short area burst. I thought he had darting, slashing quickness at the second and third levels. I thought he had accelerating speed. Um, I thought he could run away from the defense. Um you know, I think to me, he's a complimentary type runner. That's how I saw him. And I think based on where he was drafted, that's probably how the league saw him. Um, But, you know, I think that in an ideal world, guys, and I think you would probably agree that if all goes well, he wouldn't get a lot of snaps this year because we know what Kamara is if he can play 17 games. We know what Jamal Williams – look, Jamal Williams last year, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I believe he had 250 or so carries. Like I said, that won't happen with the Saints, but he's that guy, you know. So it would seem to me that's a really strong one-two punch. Um, As far as A.T. Perry, I actually really liked A.T. Perry, and I was kind of surprised he got drafted where he did. Now, I think I understand why. Um, Normally, I understand why. It doesn't mean I always agree with it, and that's okay. You know, reasonable people can disagree on evaluations of players. Um, I thought this kid had size, length. He was smooth. He was fluid. He's a glider. Stride length, that six, three and a half stride length is a trait. People don't Mm. think of it that way. But when you can eat up ground, particularly versus off coverage, you know, when you can eat up ground coming off the ball, that is a trait. Um, And I watched all his targets from 2021 and all his targets from 2022. And, um, And that's a lot of targets. That's 265 plays, give or take. The more the more I watched him, the more I liked him. Um, so again, right. 
I don't know the kid, so I can't speak to mental toughness. I can't speak to any of those things that I don't get to do, that teams get to do. Maybe he fell short in some of those other categories that I can't be aware of, and maybe that's why he was a sixth-round pick, because a sixth-round pick, you're taking a flyer more than saying, this is the guy. But I thought his tape was suggested that he could have been a much higher pick. Right. I, I thought the same thing because I didn't know anything about him uh, before the draft. Uh, but after the draft, I went and I found every little cut-up I could find of him. And just like you said, the more I watched, I was like, this guy is good, man. Like, yeah. I mean, you know, with the sixth <laughs> round, you're thinking, well, maybe he can make the team, maybe not. I'm like, this guy should contribute. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, he should contribute to this offense. You know, we'll see at, at what point. But if he could be the fourth or fifth wide receiver, like, yeah, because he was so productive the last two years with uh, Wake yep. Forest. I mean, I don't, I don't see I why guess the, not unless, you know, like we say, something mental, you know. Yeah, and which, yeah, again, none of us know, and then maybe that's it. Um, you know, again, you still have the Michael Thomas question. You know, the, he hasn't right. played football in, what, two years? Question. More than two yeah. years? So, you know, obviously when he was at his best, he was terrific, and he was really your classic boundary X, you know, the receiver who would line up to the short side of the field. Um, and they would have a great, great two-man route concepts with he and Kamara, who was either offset to the to the boundary or even al- aligning, you know, as a detached receiver to the boundary. But you know, he really hasn't played, so we don't know where he stands right now. Um, yeah. So you know, obviously, Alave had a really good um, rookie year, better than I thought, to be totally honest. Um, I was surprised at the success that <laughs> I was going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, I'll, I'll you know, hey. You know, when I evaluate a guy and if a guy exceeds what I think he can be, I I don't hide from that. You know, I mean, you know, the thing about this business is I'm just sitting in my office here watching tape and that's all I have. And I I, I didn't think Alave could do what he did at the NFL level in his first year. I really didn't. Um, So so he he was very, very good. He's incredibly smooth. Um, You know, obviously he's one receiver. Um, they're, you know, depending on Thomas, they're really looking for a third. I mean, they got yeah. some big plays here and there from Shahid last year. The question is, yeah. can he be more than that? You know, when we don't know right. the answer to that, they may not know the answer to that. Um, you know, Traquan Smith is still around. I, I feel like he's been around for a hundred years. Um, <laughs> We'd feel the same, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so, you know, um, we'll see. I mean, they have one guy who's on the roster and he's at the point in his career now where it, it's it's probably an extreme long shot. But I always thought Brian Edwards was going to be a good NFL player. You know, he was Same. a 40 year starter at South Carolina. And I thought he was a really good prospect. And again, I can't tell you why it didn't work out. But I thought that guy could be a quality NFL receiver. And now he's at the point, like I said, where he's really a camp body and now he's hoping to make a team, you know, and it's the saints right now. But, you know, again, that's, I'm just throwing that out. Cause again, he's a guy I liked, I guess I've been wrong on up to this point. Cause it hasn't worked out. He did have a good rapport with Derek Carr when he was with the Raiders for a brief right. period of time. They seem to be on the same page. And I, I feel like if, if there's a chance for, uh, Brian Edwards to succeed him being back with Derek Carr is going to do will, will help him more than anything yeah we'll see I mean when guys come in like that they really have to show well throughout the, all the offseason activities through training yeah. camp I mean you know nothing's going to be handed to that kid but you know 
the likelihood of him making it is probably pretty slim at this point. So it's really Alave. It's it's what Thomas is or isn't at this point. I guess none of us really know the answer to that. Um, so receiver is probably a position where there are going to be some opportunities for good competition. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll yeah. see what happens after that. I, I really like the tight end Johnson. I, you know, I'll be curious mm-hmm. to see if he becomes a bigger part of the offense in terms yeah. of target share. Um, you know, cause he's, I mean, he, he went to Penn state as a wide receiver. He, he was yeah. a wide receiver his last year in college at Oregon. Um, and obviously became a tight end in the NFL. Um, but he's got some some traits, some movement traits. He he's a he seam does. stretcher. He, you know, he's a vertical dimension as a tight end. Yeah, yeah, and he's improved like every year as a tight end. Yeah, because uh, his he first has. year was with as a wide receiver, couldn't really do much to get on the field. Second year they moved to the tight end, showed a little something. Then his third year he's like, okay, we're starting to see it. And for them to extend him this offseason, that was like a high priority for them. Um, so yeah, that, that should be interesting. Plus, yeah, I'm not going to sit know, here and like, say he's Darren Waller, but he's, right, you know, right, like right. I said, I'm not going to say he's Darren Waller, but he can run those kinds of routes. You know, right, he's got right. the ability exactly. to run, you know, intermediate routes like crossers, overs. Um, he can run seam routes. I mean, he can, he can attack the field at all three levels. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. I have a question. We getting back to the whole prototype and prospects. Do you remember what your thoughts were um, on Peyton Turner as a prospect? And I, I ask that since, sincerely because, you know, I feel like him taking a step and a jump would just be such an unexpected surprise. Um, Ryan and I were at his, you know, his best game as a as a pro. We were at the Raiders game where he had two and a half sacks or two sacks. and But it seems like whether it be injury or just inconsistent play, um, health, yep. he's been healthy scratches at times. What what did you see on film from him at, at Houston? Because um, I feel like this really is a huge upcoming season for his career. Oh, yeah. I liked his tape coming out. I mean, he had size. He had arm length. Um, you know, he had great physical dimensions. Uh, you know, I thought he was a big man who played with power. I thought he was more than athletic enough, you know, not a great sudden athlete, but more than athletic enough. I thought he was front diverse, could line up in different spots. Um, I thought he was actually a pretty strong prospect. And when they took him, it was late in the first round, was it not? It was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I thought to myself, hey, I like that pick. I mean, I thought he played with with strength. He could generate power because power is really just strength and motion. I thought he could generate power. I thought he, you know, he was able to play off contact. He wasn't a true bender, but he wasn't totally stiff either. Um, I kind of saw him, and we'll see what happens this year. I kind of saw him as an ascending player who, when given a chance, could could play well. Um, you know, I mean, we're dealing with a guy. I don't know what he weighs now, but I guess he weighed 270 um, at that time when he came out of college. You know, I don't know how all that works out now, but um, – I liked him, you know, and, and thought he could be a really good player in the NFL. Or let's put it this way, really good, maybe too strong. 
but absolutely a contributing player on a good defensive line. No, I think we all hoped, but uh, just had to see if it work out that way. So far, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, I want to ask you about the quarterback they drafted out of Fresno State, uh, uh, Jake, <laughs> Jake, Jake Hayner. Because I watched a little bit of yeah. him, and the more, like, he was another guy. Like, the more you watch, he was like, okay, I kind of see it. I kind of see it. Not saying he's going to blow the world off the doors, but, you know, this dude could kind of play. Well, I love Jake Hayner. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, you know, believe me, I know what he is. He's under six feet, but, you know, he is a really fun watch. Uh, I started by going back to when they played UCLA in 2021 and they beat UCLA down in LA and he played literally most of the second half with a torn oblique. And you could wow. see literally every throw he just bent over because, you know, he had a torn oblique, um, you know, and obviously look, you guys had a six foot quarterback who played, you know, as a hall of famer for years, but you know, historical precedent says that six foot pocket quarterbacks don't normally make it. Okay. Obviously right. breeze is, is, you know, the great exception. Um, but this guy is, he's physically and mentally quick twitch. He's got a really strong sense of timing and rhythm to his game. He was decisive turning it loose. It showed up in every single game. I just kept watching games and, you know, you know, I get the coaching tape, so I'm just watching games. Um, you can see on the tape how tough mentally and he was, how tough physically he was, how competitive he was. Um, I really, really liked that kid. I mean, I, I said in my transition, I said he will more than likely be a day three pick, and there is no question that he will not be drafted as a starting quarterback given his size and lack of what would be considered more elite physical and arm talent traits. But his college tape showed a quarterback who played to the details and subtleties and nuances mm -hmm. of the position with higher level processing, excellent field vision, a refined feel for the timing and rhythm in the passing game, an understanding of progressions, a willingness to turn it loose. I mean, I really like Jay Kaner a lot. Wow. Yeah, it, that's like some good one of the, boxes. <laughs> it, it is. It's like one of the things that stood out to me just watching him very briefly is you could quickly see how quickly he processes and reads the defense. Yep. And and he throws, and I think this is it's huge for especially young quarterbacks, he throws with anticipation. He is he doesn't necessarily like it doesn't have to be open. And I feel like you the, what you kind of read, and I'm not I'm not comparing them as as prospects, but it, there's some similarities just in what you read. Those check boxes with kind of what Brock Purdy was able to do. And I don't want people to say, oh, I'm saying Jake Henry's next Brock. Well, Purdy. and everybody now who's a later round pick is going to be compared we, to Brock Purdy, right? Who you know who, who's who's not you know quote unquote super physically gifted. You know that's going to be the the new way people talk about it now. Well, he's Brock Purdy, you know, and um, but. And I didn't love Purdy coming out. I'll be the, you know, and again, he's only played whatever number of games. Right. Obviously, the Niners have made their decision. They're with him every day. So they feel he's now going to be their guy and maybe he'll be great. Who knows? But, um, but I really like Jake Kaner's tape a lot. And I know people who know him. I know someone who's worked with him and they echo everything I've said. The, the last one I have for you, Greg, is a, is a schemist question. So last season, the Saints dealt with the departures of Marcus Williams, who left to the Ravens. They traded yeah. CD Deuce to, to the Eagles right before the season, and, and Malcolm Jenkins retired. What did you see defensively that DA did um, in terms of the defense as opposed to how it was prior to last season? Obviously, there was a lot of two-man two high was what they typically ran when they had yeah. 
Marcus Williams and and single high. How did the defense change um, with uh, those? Well, I'm trying to remember. Um, you know, obviously they're a team that in in on third down plays a lot of two man. Maybe as much as any team in the league, they play two man coverage. Um, obviously, if you're going to play two man coverage, you're relying on your four man pass rush because it's just numbers. <laughs> two man coverage requires seven people in coverage, so you can only rush four. Um, Yes. And my guess is the pass rush probably wasn't exactly what they hoped it would be a year ago. No. Um, so, no. you know, <laughs> so then, yeah, Dennis Allen, though, he's always been very good with blitzes as well. So the question is, how does he see that this year? You know, ultimately, we don't know the answer to that simply because of, you know, there are some different people. Obviously, Jordan is, you know, he wasn't, he's still a really good player. I don't think whether he's just getting older and, and we, we see a slight decline or whether he just didn't have his best year. We don't know the answer to that. I mean, he came in the league in 2011. He's been playing a long time. Long I mean, time. you can make an argument. He's a, he's a hall of famer, um, you know, cause he has what? 120 sacks or something like that. Somewhere something in that like range. That. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but you know, Brissy is going to be an interesting guy in that regard. How are they going to use Foskey? Um, can Peyton Turner become a pass rusher? I think they still have questions with their defensive front. Right. Um, you know, most yeah. defensive coaches will tell you this, guys. Most. You know, and again, it all depends on the rest of your team. There's a lot of variables. But most defensive coaches will tell you that if you can't pressure the quarterback with four, then you've got to add another guy. I mean, you can't yeah. let quarterbacks sit there, you know, because you can play all the best coverage in the world, but after a certain amount of time, it doesn't matter. You know, especially if you're going to play some form of zone, because every zone has holes and zones are not meant to hold up. Think of it this way. Almost every zone is really meant for three-step timing and five-step timing. If you get seven-step drop timing with a quarterback, zones will not hold up. There's The holes appear. So, you know, man can be a little different, obviously, because you're matching up. But at the end of the day, you need to get pressure on quarterbacks. Um, and whether you want to do that through uh, blitz, you know, one, one thing they did a lot of is what we call zone exchanges, too, where they rush four, but the fourth guy would be either, let's say, DeMario Davis, or it would be, a, you know, right. a defensive back. You know, they play a lot of dime on third down, and they play a lot of three-two dime, where they have three down linemen and two linebackers. So we'll see if they continue to do that. I mean, that's been a Dennis Allen thing for the last number of years. They did it a couple of years ago when they had Quan Alexander. It was Alexander DeMario Davis. They did it last year with Warner. And then when he got hurt, they did it with Ellis. And um, yep. and, and obviously DeMario, who's a great player. Um, so we'll see. You know, but then then you're relying on sort of scheme and movement and where guys are lined up because – that fourth rusher is not just coming from a, a traditional conventional defensive line alignment. Exactly. Well, I, I, we'll let you go, uh, Greg, as far as I'm concerned, I don't have any more questions. Adam, you got anything? Just last one, just before I forget, uh, Alante Taylor played <laughs> in spurts outstanding. Uh, outstanding last season. We, You talked about sometimes you're wrong. Ryan and I were completely wrong as him as a prospect and how he yeah. played last season just from you know that's like our fans perspective how he played from someone who really dies into the tape what did you see from him for such a young player at corner um his first season in the starts that he did have 
thought he played well. I loved him coming out of Tennessee. I remember when he came out of Tennessee, a lot of people, you know, draft gurus, whatever you want to call them, um, said, well, he's a safety. And I'm thinking to myself, what are you, out of your mind? The guy's six feet. He runs a 4'4". Four, four, you know, he's got length. He's not a safety. He's a corner. And I actually had this conversation with Jeff Ireland. And I said, mm. people were thinking about him as a corner. And, he's, and he looked at me like, uh, no. I mean, as a safety. And he looked at me like, no, he's a corner. And I saw him as a corner all the way. And because of Lattimore being hurt a good part of the year, you know, Taylor got a lot of snaps. I thought he played well. I like Alante Taylor a lot. Um, now, obviously, with everybody healthy, it certainly appears that Debo and Lattimore would be the starting outside corners. Um, I'm not sure if uh, if they see Taylor down the road as a slot guy. Obviously, Roby's still here, but he's older. Um, so I don't know how they see that. But I thought Taylor really handled himself well last year, and he's a corner. Yeah, yeah. no, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, Ryan and so, I are on the on board that Alante and and Lattimore should be should be starting if if everyone's healthy. But you know, it's a good problem to have. You can never have a, a good enough defensive backs. But thank you so much. No, for and you never around, have enough Greg. corners in this league. Yeah, you never no. have enough corners in this league. So you know they're not going to get rid of anybody. Um, you know, right now uh, they have, including Taylor, they've got four corners that I think you can line up and play any given week. And uh, you know, no, he's not going anywhere. Um, what an amazing conversation. Uh, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Greg Cosell, uh, listen to him on the Ross Tucker's podcast, the install, uh, in NFL matchups will start up again this season, um, on ESPN. So please make sure if you have the opportunity to watch those shows, even if they're on early, they're great knowledge for deep, deep football dives. Thank you so much for making this your third appearance, Greg. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks, Greg. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.